Welcome to Fulfilled and Fabulous Over 40, a podcast where we discuss and interview guests about mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Learn what it means to keep growing personally with a God-centered outlook on life's opportunities and challenges after 40. Now, here are your hosts, Life Coach Norma Simons and Carrie Alamirsch. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. We are so glad that you were able to join us again today as we go through this series that we've been doing on the model. And this is just one of the life coaching tools that Norma and I use during our practice and when we're coaching our clients. And we thought it would be helpful for you all to be able to see how this works and why it's so important. And I would say one of the most important things that I have learned through the use of the model is that feelings are neutral, that feelings are neither good or bad. And I think I've always believed that feelings were something that came upon me involuntarily and were something that I would actually try to avoid And so as we look at this third element of the model, I want to just welcome you to uh, sit back and relax and just hear what we have to say about feelings. And if you're somebody like myself who was raised a while ago, we were often taught in our home that feelings were things that unfortunately came up from time to time. And if you had difficulty managing your feelings, you should probably remove yourself from where everybody else is and go sort it out in your room. And when you were happy, you could come back out. And so you can imagine and understand why I felt like my feelings were something bad or shameful or that I should really try to hide a little bit. I've since learned how very valuable emotions are and that um, it is part of our divine creation. And so then with that information, how was I going to feel about my feelings? I think Norma and I are going to jump into this. I'm probably even getting a little bit ahead of myself. We're going to cover all of this in a little more detail. But first of all, I just want to say hi to Norma. Hi. Yes. So glad to be here today, Kerry. And I think you uh, gave a pretty good introduction. (laughs) Well, I'm sure we're going to dive in just a little deeper. And I would love to hear, would some of what I said relate to you at all, Norma, would would that have been a similar thought in your home when you were being raised or was yours more maybe some other experience? No, I can relate uh, a whole lot to what you were saying. I think exactly what you were saying about uh, if you had emotions that was labeled by the people around you as negative, that you should rather just leave the room and go and, as you mentioned, sort it out and then come back when you feel a bit better. And I think what that has done for me is that some emotions are bad, some are good. And that has led us to where we are today because we want to get away from the ones that is supposedly bad and we only want to go after the ones that feels good. And the ones that feels good is great. 
but life isn't just good. So if we're not going to allow the negative ones or the ones that we perceive as bad, then we won't fully be able to get to know ourselves better and learn things. And these emotions are really, uh, they are data for us. It's not for us to label them good and bad. It's data. And then what we do with that data is so important moving forward. So we can't ever say that I'm only wanting to be happy and excited and elated and encouraged and all of those good ones. We have to allow the ones that we perceive as bad or that feels very uncomfortable because those are the ones that I think teaches us the most. And those are the ones necessary to sometimes push us into a different direction. So that's really my, my take on um, emotions and why we shouldn't be still going back to that old mentality of why did you just leave the room and, and go sort it out and come back and have a smile on your face? Because I don't think that that works. And I think both of us would agree when we talk about not trying to hide or shove down our emotions or pretend they're not there and that we should go ahead and experience. We're not suggesting the acting out of an emotion in a way that is you know, dangerous or chaotic or any of that sort of thing. I think once we recognize and can speak about the fact that we are having an emotion, we can allow that to be there to acknowledge that it's in the room and to have that conversation in a way that is respectful. And so when we say to allow the emotion, I think people would immediately imagine children throwing chairs across the room and that sort of thing because... They're angry or a grown adult, you know, slamming their fists on the table. And this is not at all what we're suggesting. I think firstly, to start off by what exactly is an emotion and based on what we have built up until this point is that our thinking causes or creates emotions for us. And that emotion is really something that is just a vibration inside of our body. And it isn't something that can hurt us. I think emotions is an amazing tool for us to rediscover more about ourselves and becoming aware of what actually follows emotions and also what happens before we have an emotion. Because if we can dive deeper into what, what thoughts um, we have before an emotion and what we do after emotions, that can give us so much more information because we feel the emotion, we can investigate what we're thinking that causes the emotion. And then also we're in a position to pause and then decide on purpose what's going to happen next instead of, let's say, lashing out or throwing a tantrum or whatever the case is. So why do you think we're afraid of our emotions? For me, I think it is because we have put this label on it. We've put that label on it. It's good or bad, right or wrong. And so we don't want to be bad. So we don't want to feel that emotion. Or we don't want to feel that what we're doing is wrong, so we don't want to feel that emotion. We always talk about positive and negative emotions, but that just means that posit the positive emotions are the ones we like feeling and the negative ones are the ones we don't like feeling. Those are the discomfortable ones or causes that discomfort inside of our bodies. But I think another thing also is that if we feel doubt or insecurity or some other emotion that doesn't feel good, it we we immediately make it wrong. We it, go to that place where we tell ourselves, 
it, it's something about me. So if I feel doubt or I feel insecurity, I immediately go and think, oh, but it's something about me. There's something wrong with me. Instead of seeing it as, oh, okay, well, I feel doubt right now. I wonder why. Oh, you, you know, I'm busy working on this new project. I've never done something like this before. And it's just because this is totally new to me that, of course, there's a bit of doubt coming up for me. But I think that we want to shy away from some of them because we think it means something about us. And I just want to put it out there that we have all of these emotions. If you go Google, there's probably like two, three pages of emotions. And we are allowed to experience all of them because they tell us something about ourselves. If they tell us, pause for a moment, investigate a little bit further. And if we just investigate it a little bit further, we can learn so much about ourselves. I like the way you describe that because as we look into why is it that I'm feeling this way and we can see that it comes from our thought, then we can also kind of reverse engineer this whole thing, right? It, it gives us a certain level of understanding of how our human brain and emotions work together and how our thoughts can motivate and create an, an emotion. And so then we can think to ourselves, well, how do I want to feel? And sometimes we want to feel sad. It's appropriate. It is in keeping with the situation that we are in. And so we can allow those feelings of sadness to come over us when we think about, say, a loss, or we are um, having compassionate thoughts about our friend who is maybe suffering, and we want to enter into that emotion with them and walk alongside them. I think that is, that's important to know that emotions isn't something that just happens. It happens because of a thought that we have. And if we, let's say in a business situation or at work, and we need to have inspiration or we need to be dedicated or determined or motivated, that we know it's not something that's going to fall upon us. It is knowing that I have to think something in order to be inspired. A lot of times we read a book or we listen to a motivational talk or whatever the case is, and we, we tell other people, you know what, that thing inspired me so much. But I mean, there could be 10 other people looking at the same video and not have the same thought or the same feeling about it. So it tells me that I had a thought about this video that I was watching and it created inspiration for me. So it just tells us that we have so much power in our emotions. And knowing that we have the power, if I want to be motivated or I want to be dedicated or determined, that it is in my power, I have the ability to have thoughts that create those emotions. Just to add another example is I once had a client that said to me that because of her father, her father didn't have a lot of self-confidence and she thinks that she gets it from her father. And I, and, and I think just sharing with her that that is not the case, that it's because of what we think that we will have self-confidence. And again, it gives us so much power because it takes away this baggage that we carry with ourselves into our future and not living our full potential because we think that it's in our genes or we're not lucky, the one of the lucky ones to not maybe have self-confidence or not have motivation. I mean, look at Olympic athletes, for instance. 
they don't wake up feeling motivated to go out in the rain and train for hours and hours. They have to tell themselves something that motivates them to get out of bed. So it's not a question of I'm lucky or I have uh, the right genes. It's because they create it for themselves and they know how to create it. And that's why they can get out of bed and go do the hard things that maybe another person would not be able to do. That's like such such a good secret. <laughs> that's like the secret to success in a sense, isn't it? The the idea of understanding that they were responsible to create the thought that would create the emotion that would get them out and doing the action. I think taking full responsibility for the result that we create, it's the the whole emo, emotional process, right? And I think so many of us live in emotional childhood. It's because we didn't know that that's how it worked. And if you don't know that that's how it works, you kind of feel like a victim to the circumstances of your life and the emotions that come, we think, from the circumstance. And we, we're missing that piece that comes in the middle of recognizing that that emotion is coming from the thought. And the thought is always a choice. And we talked about thoughts last week, but that thoughts are meant to be taken captive and, and looked at and made obedient, right, to, to the mind of Christ. And so how do, we, how do we capture these thoughts? How do we notice them in a way that helps us take them under control and take full responsibility for what we're thinking to have the emotions that are appropriate uh, for the occasion instead of just feeling like, I don't know what's going to happen. And so it's so nice to know that we have this, this strength and this opportunity and I think also a responsibility then to learn to manage it. Do you have some emotions you're trying to resist? Like I have something coming up right now and I have this anxious feeling. And I know that the thought is, what if I embarrass myself? So I think embarrassed is one that I just, oh, I just hate feeling embarrassed. Uh, one for me, let me just think quickly. Yeah, I think maybe like humiliation is yeah. one that is like a difficult one to, to deal with. I've had a couple of instances through being on camera and doing these talks that you sometimes are in a situation where you lost for words that you forgot what you wanted to say or you go down a different path and you are in that situation where you feel humiliated and after the call then you think about what you did and what you said and sometimes you just want to go and, and put your head in the, in the sand and never take it out but I think <laughs> those opportunities I've also learned is it's to allow those emotions. And, and maybe we can touch on that a little bit because that is so important. Because as soon as we allow it and we give it space and we experience it and we actually feel what it feels like, it within a couple of minutes, it will actually leave our body. And then we would stop trying to hide and we can actually now go and see, okay, well, what exactly is it that I feel humiliated about? Is it something that I can change? Is it something I want to improve for the next for the next talk or the next workshop? And again, it it just gives us so much more power in what happens next. And it helps us grow because we take the time. And I mean, we don't need to go sit for half an hour and think about this. This is just really, it could be a couple of minutes, but we just experience it inside our body and once we give it attention, like the child that wants attention, 
as soon as we give the child attention, the child is okay and he leaves and you can carry on with what you're busy with. And I feel it's exactly the same when we have emotions like that. Once we give it attention, it almost, it's like leaves our body and then we are open to new ideas. And we, well, what I normally tell myself is, okay, well, that wasn't that bad. If I can survive that, there's so many other, other things that I can pursue that is going to take me closer to where I actually want to be. So maybe you can, from your side, talk a little bit about what that processing emotion is, because I think a lot of people know intellectually what the processing of emotion are, but they don't practically know how to exactly go about it. Right. I think one of the first pieces of advice I would give about allowing emotions is to stop resisting it. <laughs> and so the resistance of an emotion actually creates more of it. If you are noticing that as you're trying to push this down a little bit, we think of like shoving something down, say under the water, eventually it pops up and, and usually quite vigorously it'll pop way up. And that's where we see emotions blowing up sometimes for people. It's because they've been shoving things down and they've been trying to hold it under. And that resistance actually creates more of that same emotion. And so that's, I think, one of the first ways we can just kind of come back at least to the original emotion rather than all this built up emotion that gets kind of tied up inside of us. And so just allowing it to be there, maybe talking about it, journaling about it, that sort of thing. But in the moment, to feel an emotion would be to just sit still somewhere and just think about it. Just think, where, where do I feel it? Like, where is it actually happening in my body? When we can look at our emotion as, as something that is happening, it's not, it, the emotion is not us. The emotion is in us. It's happening in us somewhere in our body. So, and it's electrical. It's, it's just science. It's, this is how your body was made. So your body and your brain are working together. What is happening? And so sometimes putting your hand maybe on your chest, if that's where you feel it, or near your throat. Often people feel um, a lot of their emotions in their throat, maybe sometimes in the back of your shoulders and neck, wherever it is you feel it. Some people feel it even the tension seems to, to run down your spine or into your legs. It could be a lot of places. And Begin to describe what that feeling is. Is it a dull sort of ache or is there this tightness? Like what is happening actually? Sometimes we give it a color. Is it purple or does it feel red? Depending on what the sensation is. So this is where I think you were talking about really paying attention to it, looking directly at it instead of saying, no, it's not here. Say, oh, here it is. I feel it in my chest and it's tight and it's heavy. It's dark. Whatever it is that you can use to describe it so that your brain is kind of now focusing on what is the actual emotion or feeling that it's creating in your body. And usually by the time you do sit with it for only a few seconds, actually even two minutes, then it sort of just disintegrates. If we continue to think the thought that created the emotion, more of that feeling comes on. Every time we think the thought, we feel that emotion again, whatever the unsteadiness or the insecurity, it keeps coming up every time we have that same thought. So once we've been able to acknowledge the feeling, the what's happening, 
then we can say, I wonder, what is the thought that generated this emotion? And we can become curious, really, about what am I thinking? Feelings are beautiful signposts to us to say, hey, this is a thought you're having. You're having thoughts about being insecure. And then your body is reacting to that. And I think the beauty of allowing it is that we see it, it can't harm us. And what then happens is that we can take on maybe new opportunities and we can take on bigger things in life. We can take on new projects. We can take bigger risks because we know that worst case scenario, let's say I fail at this and I feel embarrassed or I feel humiliated or I feel disappointed that I know I can sit with it. I can allow it. And then I would still be alive on the other side. Whereas if we push it away, we are so scared of feeling it. We're not going to pursue the opportunities because we think to ourselves that if I fail, I'm going to feel disappointment and I can't feel that. So we're not going to fully live to our full purpose because we're not going to take on these opportunities that comes our way because of a feeling. And if we think that we're going to miss out on so much growth in our life and things that can push us forward and, and, and bring us closer to our goals just because of a feeling that we're trying to avoid. And I think if you see it that way, you can see the importance of and the impact that emotions have and allowing them versus avoiding them. Something else I'd like to point out here is that children have thoughts and, and emotions just like the rest of us, but just to remember that their brains are developing and that, that prefrontal cortex, that piece that makes rational decisions is not the same. And so I just wanted to make that distinction. We can start training and we can have those conversations. I think they lead to such beautiful development and understanding, um, but to also realize that that's not probably going to be something that they're able to do consciously and until they're older. I think a lot of times we as adults, we want to get away from an emotion. We try and take an action. So I don't want to feel frustration. So let me go eat something or let me go drink something. Mm. And just because we don't want to sit with that discomfort, we do these unnecessary things that cause us harm in the long run. Just because we don't want to feel an emotion until our training, I didn't know that as well. Before I got to know uh, this framework, I exactly did that. And that's why I know that it doesn't work. Sometimes I get frustrated. And if I don't check in with myself and, and be aware, I can easily get up and go to the fridge and, and try to avoid that feeling or try and get that instant gratification by doing something else just to change the way that I feel. But if we can be aware that emotion is not a good or bad or right or wrong, it's just an emotion and just process it and then ask questions about it, then we can avoid taking all these actions that lead us to a place where we don't want to be. If I'm on a very a healthy eating plan, I'm self-sabotaging my efforts just because of an emotion that I want to avoid. I hope we have given you enough insight into emotions and how they are created for you to reflect on your own life and see how paying attention to our emotions 
can open doors for us into a more fulfilled life and being the creator of our dreams instead of using emotions as a way to blame others or make ourselves feel less than. So have a great week further and we'll be back next week for part five of the series and you don't want to miss that. Have a good week. And that's a wrap for another empowering episode of Fulfilled and Fabulous Over 40. We hope you've enjoyed our candid conversations about navigating life over 40 and discovering what's next. It's never too late to chase your dreams and create the life you love. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and share it with other ladies who are on this incredible journey with you. So until next time, keep asking what's next and let's continue to thrive together.